Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 65 of Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we are in the second part of our series on the effects of stress on the body and brain. In part one in podcast 64, we discussed what stress feels and looks like and the body systems it affects. This week, we're discussing mood boosters, your happy hormones. The four happy hormones we'll dive into are serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, and dopamine. Welcome, everybody, to Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm Nikki Sterner, and this is podcast number 65. And today we're discussing mood boosters, your happy hormones. Please help me welcome to the show, Dr. Kel. Hi, Dr. Kel. Hi, Nikki. Hi, everybody. Okay, before we get started, um, let's do the quote of the day. Relentlessness is discontent. Discontent is the first necessity of progress. Show me a thoroughly satisfied person, and I will show you a failure. And that's <gasps> by Thomas Edison. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. He was not very sensitive or empathetic, was he? <laughs> <laughs> he um, yes, he was an accomplisher, right? He's kind of like, you know, he's like Yoda. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That was a crappy Yoda impression, but uh, I, that's true. I'll have to practice that. Um, yes. the, but uh, that's pretty much the point, right? Do it or don't do it. Uh, read that one more time. Relentlessness is discontent. Discontent is the first necessity of progress. Show me a thoroughly satisfied person, and I will show you a failure. And that's by Thomas Edison. So Again. I guess it depends on what you call discontentment. I guess he would be referring to it as being, you know what? You're just sitting there, you're hanging out, you're relaxed, and all of a sudden you feel like, I should be doing something. What yes. am I just sitting here wasting my time for? I could be accomplishing something. Is yes. That, is that what you would, you agree with that? So, yes. So I have been watching, I have a break from my acting classes right now for two weeks, and this was my first week off. And so I've been watching, studying like documentaries. I watched um, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift. Uh, I watched something on Britney Spears and Jennifer Lopez was the one I watched most recently. And it is amazing the level of, you could call it discontent, but I would call it more just the drive within them to show uh, the world that they, like their worth. Basically, they're looking to, you know, the audience for applause that's where they find their self-value is in their self-value yeah people and, thinking they're wonderful yes and most people most of these performers over time as they aged realized oh my gosh it's actually coming from within and this is because the the audience or like social media turns on you and you get all of these negative comments all of a sudden and the news starts saying like oh she's too thin she's too fat blah 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 whatever she's too old and they're like, no, 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 I'm not done yet. I still like have all of this creative juice flowing through me and I want to perform. And so they are like machines, man. They just keep going, 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 they, going, wanting to prove, you know, something to someone, to the world, to share their voice. Like I was amazed at the level that they take it to. It's incredible. It's extreme. They, extreme, yeah. But let's talk about that a little bit because today we're talking about... Uh, mood boosters, your happy hormones. That ties right in because, well, let, let's look at it for a second. 
on both sides. So last week we talked about stress and what it does to your body, how uh, the adrenaline and the cortisol kick kick in and cause that uh, tightening of the muscles and just your organs, your whole system, if too much of it too pro prolonged will, will injure you and physically and, and lead to depression and all kinds of health problems, etc. So today we're talking about these happy hormones and finding that place, that area in your mind where you're calm and at peace. That's really what we're looking for. I'm glad we brought this up about that quote by Thomas Edison because it, I call it the itch, and I think others do too. Just that itch to, uh, you know, and, and I get that way too. I There are times where I'm just exhausted and I'll lay down. I just got to watch a movie. And to me, a movie is like a drug I have to be careful which movies I watch because if I'm already exhausted and I go watch a real action-packed movie, I'm even more exhausted afterwards. But yeah. uh, And that's back to the adrenaline and cortisol uh, all being boosted even more um, because of how you're feeling during, during the movie what's really the best to watch if you're going to watch TV and really find a relaxing boosting of your, of your good hormones, and those are comedies. Uh, laughing is just uh, on the top of the list uh, with bringing, uh, boosting your endorphins, which are one of the four feel-good uh, hormones we're going to talk about today. Any other comments there about uh, that, Nikki? Um, yeah, it's funny because mood boosting, I was thinking like, you know, after watching the different variety of entertainers, certain entertainers like Lady Gaga, she doesn't smoke anymore, but I was disappointed on the documentary, she smoked a lot. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's so disappointing. But like two years ago, she stopped smoking cold turkey. But um, also like Britney Spears in the documentary, they were talking about her conservatorship and like how her dad had full rights and control over her body. So like she was medicated with, you know, uh, mood altering medicine prescriptions. And one at one point he was unhappy because she wasn't wanting to work she needed a break and so he put her on lithium and she was unhappy because she was used to her typical prescription drugs wow. i was excited to see um also lady gaga when she she would get like body aches from the stress like really debilitating and so she had like a massage therapist or someone who would you know was there performing um relief on her whenever she needed it but like taylor swift and jennifer lopez were more healthy like health conscious and um, that they didn't do drugs, they didn't take prescriptions that I could see, you know, they were more just like had solid families that were there supporting them. And so it was, it was very interesting to see like how they all reacted to stress differently. And you can see it in the way they look, the way yeah. they appear. I mean, look at Jennifer Lopez and T Taylor Swift. I mean, they just... Yeah. You know, okay, some of them maybe makeup and, and uh, they may have a good plastic surgeon, I don't know, but uh, they just tend to, to have an air about them of, of, of health. Yeah, of better health and wellness than the others uh, that you talked yeah. about. And interesting, just crossed my mind when you're talking about cigarettes. People who tend to live stressful lives tend to smoke more than those who don't. Uh, mm. And because the cigarette, ironically, I mean, I look at... My, at my mother she smoked cigarettes for 40 years finally quit because they told her she was getting emphysema she's 89 you thought she'd been gone long ago because of the way yeah. she smoked and lived her life but it, it 
smoking kind of a catch-22 I think on that one the smoking itself ca causes problems with your body and decay within your system and activation of the immune system however people who smoke uh, use that as a uh, tool uh, to de-stress because while they're smoking they feel calmer even mm. though it actually increases your heart rate uh, you do feel temporarily calmer and again those are the chemicals from the cigarette nicotine etc uh, interact with your body that give you those feelings so that's funny because you said like the smoking and now I, I just remembered Britney Spears also smoked on the documentary so Lady Gaga Britney Spears both were smokers and both had you mm -hmm. can see like they look a little bit more I don't want to say weathered, but they just, you know, they look like... No, that's a good term. <laughs> a little more stressed or... Yeah, yeah whereas, they're just not coping with it all. And then they... And, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that today, too, and let's kind of get into that. Uh, yeah. Part of the problem there is when they're smoking and doing other things, they're screwing up their gut flora, uh, the way their function of their intestinal tract works. And serotonin. Let's mention the first one here of the four on the list. The four on the list are serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, and dopamine. I put them in the order of DOES as does uh, as an acronym. Let's talk about serotonin first because it's most affected by uh, the gut. Uh, it, it really is the happy hormone in the sense of uh, people dealing with depression. T will find, and I recommend this to anybody listening today or in the future, uh, that... Uh, as you consider the things you're putting into your mouth and you consider whether you're a happy person or a depressed person, uh, consider this, that 95% of your serotonin is created by your gut. Uh, the cells that line your gut, uh, along with the flora inside your gut, they work in combination to produce serotonin and uh, that serotonin goes into the nervous system at the gut and goes to your brain so it moves through the the nervous system to to your brain and it also some of it goes into of course the blood stream and then travels around in the body as well but it it can immediately have an effect on on how you feel in your brain because of what you're eating and the way your food's being digested and, and the function of those cells in your gut if you're eating like crap those cells become sick and so they don't function as well and the bacteria, the good bacteria that's in there from the crappy food you're eating, all that crappy food, the sugary foods, the processed foods, all those foods feed the bad bacteria. And the good bacteria don't like those things. The good bacteria, they want the, the veggies, the, the leafy greens and, and the good fruits and, and the good proteins. And when they don't get all that, uh, that bacteria begins to die off because there's nothing there to feed it. And the bad bacteria that doesn't produce the serotonin or help the cells produce the serotonin starts to diminish is gone. So if you're having severe periods of depression, if you're suicidal thoughts, etc., your gut flora is screwed up. I guarantee it's not working. So the first thing I would do is go get your fecal matter tested and uh, go in and get it tested, see what your flora is like there as well. Uh, maybe the first thing is you should do is change your diet, but uh, go get your feces tested and see if your gut flora is screwed up. I guarantee if you got depressing issues, it is. And then you have something concrete to go, okay, I really believe it now. I need to change just for my life. You know, you're stuck on all this crappy food because you think it temporarily makes you feel good, and it does because when you eat sugar 
when you drink coffee, you have caffeine, even things like uh, THC for marijuana uh, will raise your dopamine levels. And so you get a temporary lift from taking these things and your endorphins also can increase while you're eating. It makes you feel good temporarily, so you keep eating it. It's an addictive yeah, behavior, really. The interesting thing is, though, when you get off of that crap and you start having the good stuff, you stop having the highs and lows. You, you start getting the, the increased serotonin levels building in your brain naturally, and the depression goes away. That is a, a big one there. And the other 5% that's made in the brainstem can be also uh, boosted by spending time outdoors. Like we were talking about that the other day. Just going out, taking a walk around the block, looking at the trees, looking at the flowers. All those things actually increase your serotonin level in your brainstem, and that goes that- to your brain. That is exactly what I was going to mention last week when you brought this up. Like, well, what do you do when you get stressed out? I go outside. Like, even if it's walking around my block, like, three times, it feel I feel so much better. And just, like, the wave of relief comes over me just from being outside. And those are a combination of all these hormones, actually, especially at least three of the four, depending on what your experience is out taking a walk, oxytocin could kick in too. And we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, endorphins and dopamine are also being released during that exercise um, by just simply getting out and walking. Uh, the serotonin is more tied to your what you see. It also, uh, serotonin, <laughs> what's created in the gut, as well as what's produced in the brainstem is dependent on your levels of vitamin D. So getting out in the sun and naturally getting your vitamin D f- produces vitamin D in the presence of, of the light rays. Mm-hmm. So it's important to get the natural vitamin D. Big you time. live in an area where the sun's not out a lot, you can't get out in the sun too much, uh, you definitely need to supplement it. But supplement it with a good supplement. I always recommend standard processes vitamin D because their Ds are coming from whole foods and whole food sources. But whatever you get, just make sure you get a good one. Don't get a chemically created vitamin D. And uh, um, get on that because that alone will help boost your their mood as well. Again, changing your diet up. Again, we already talked about that with serotonin, how significant that is. Uh, taking the probiotics. So meditating. During meditation, you'll produce more serotonin too. And that would come from your brain stem. So meditation has many forms, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It can be prayer in and of itself can be considered meditation. In that instance, you're attempting, or depending on your belief system, communicating directly with God. And having Mm -hmm. that communication with a higher being can be very reviving. It can help produce more serotonin, and it can help you feel better. That would be the attempt. You know, sometimes you just got to get all your stuff off your chest. Well, if there's no one to tell it to, tell it to God. He's always listening. And Or if you're feeling good and you just want to spend some time communicating, you know, your life with him, tell him about you and what's going on in your life, good and bad, asking him for things, asking a higher power to help you to improve your life, to improve on your existence, to uh, cope with your problems better. That in and of itself produces more serotonin and you start feeling better. It also increases your endorphin levels. And so it doesn't have to be prayer. Just sit it down, you know, Eastern meditation is, is just saying mantra words. And those words are tied to your chakras. And so those, just repeating those words over and over again, is a focus, a way to focus your energy on something. And that increases your serotonin levels. Uh, Other ways, what other forms of meditation do you know of, Nikki? 
Yeah, I was thinking um, even when I'm like grateful, sometimes I'll, I'll talk to God about that. And like you said, when I'm uh, struggling with something, I definitely turn to him and, and pray about, you know, sh- please show me this or brings people into my life that can help me move forward in this or all of that. And sometimes I really feel connected and other times not as much. And so it just depends, I think, on my stress levels. So maybe I need to meditate more beforehand or... I think as in a formal type of meditation where you're just sitting there focusing on a thought, you know, there's different ways to meditate. You can focus on events. You can do uh, what I call part of self-hypnosis. Self-hypnosis is a form of meditation, which I teach to my patients too. You, you go in and focus on a place. Build your world in your mind during your, your meditative session. Place whatever in it you want to. And it's not necessarily, for some it might be, that's their vision board, part of their vision board where they're building mm-hmm. it in their mind during the meditative state. You know, what they want in the future. To others, it's just, I want a place I can go where I'm safe. And I don't have to feel any stress or be worried or concerned about any of that. And essentially, they're making their own movie in their mind and uh, placing the characters they want in there, the, the scenery, whatever it might be. And that can be a form of nice meditation. It's just basically taking you into a state of relaxation, which then produces the serotonin release, which makes you feel good and appreciative. You say sometimes you, you pray, and afterwards you feel really good, and other times maybe not so much. Or mm-hmm. during the prayer, you, you may be feeling in different ways. And again, it's connected to... It's funny, for me, when I think about the mind and what goes on in our mind, and and it's hard for me sometimes not to think we're just a jumble of chemicals going on there. Chemical reactions, and they're all interactive with, you know, the bugs inside of us as well as the, you know, all the other things going on, all the... All the cells throughout our body, our brain, everything just interacting, and and that's becomes our thoughts and and our reactions to experiences and the way we do everything. When you're in a circumstance where you do something, and one minute you're like, "I did that," wow, I feel so great about it and good, and then another time I do that, and I'm like, "Yeah, that wasn't quite as fun as it was the last time." What's happening? The mood boosting chemicals aren't hitting. The those hormones mm. aren't be- being released. In that circumstance or situation, you've still got junk kind of hanging you down, which is pulling down that production of serotonin and still mm. keeping the cortisol and mild adrenaline releases going. And so you haven't totally subdued it. When I would say to somebody, that if they don't feel that way, take a break, come back to it later, or change up the way they're going stop praying, maybe do like what I'm talking about with, with the self-hypnosis, the, look up the chakras. People get hung up about, oh, I'm praying to a different God or doing something different. No, if you really look at, at, at the way uh, meditation goes with Eastern religions, and uh, really the, the chakras are just about energy centers in your body and how that energy flow gets out of balance. And so by sitting down and meditating on a, each chakra has, has a given uh, word tied to it, by repeating that word over and over again, they believe that that energy within that chakra is then becomes more balanced and then you feel better. And so what's happening when you're doing that? Same thing. It's you're increasing your happy hormones are being released and you feel calmer and you feel better and you feel happier and you feel like you're in the place you want to be. So the yeah. whole goal here of this podcast is to get people to what we talked about before. First recognize when they're feeling those stressors and then create a routine based on the understanding of these hormones so they can 
use them and apply them in their life so that they feel better no matter what's going on. So I remember we did a, a podcast on chakras. Yes. And I had a few things to add to what we were talking about right now. Um, you asked, like, what do you do to meditate and, and talk to God and all of that? And there's an app. It used to be called the Hay House app because Hay House is a publisher that does a lot of uplifting and meditative and that kind of stuff. It's now called Empower You. Just recently, I think they changed it. So they have audiobooks, They have meditations. They have, like, talks, um, interviews, podcasts. They have everything on there that's all geared toward. Like, I remember when I was doing emotional release therapy with Dr. Ingrid, your wife. She said, okay, well, it looks like your chakras are, like, this chakra is unhappy. And so I went on there and I found a chakras meditation that I did for a few weeks or a month or something. And so that really did help. And that was kind of a routine that I had to get into, but it really helped to balance my energy. And then also I was thinking about um, watching the documentaries. I've also been listening to audiobooks that are autobiographies. Like I listened to Viola Davis and Taraji P. Henson. And Viola Davis was one that talked about how she was kind of at like a point where she was like okay I don't know what to do and she spoke to a friend of hers and her friend was like you need to get down on your knees and pray to God and list out everything that you want or need help with and all the way down to all the nitty-gritty details that you don't think are important but you just need to speak it to him and so she did that, and a few weeks later she met her husband now, and it was everything from, like, an ex-football player to, like, a southern country boy, and this guy just showed up, which is, you know, pretty miraculous. It's kind of um, like stuff sometimes just, good things just start happening in your life after you yeah. get yourself more balanced, don't they? Yeah, and Taraji P. Henson was a really great autobiography also. She was just such a character and the way she talked and just what she's gone through. And so just, you know, listening to stories of inspiration, I think awesome. sometimes can really kind of lift you out of... You know. and, and again, if we back to the brain level, listening to those things, if you connect with what they're saying, you're going to yeah. get an increase in serotonin levels. You're going to get an increase in your endorphin levels, and you're going to feel better better just at that moment i mean look go back for a second to we talked about the entertainers and how they were just after that constant high well why because they got this massive chemical release in their brain during while they're singing that song or performing their thing part whatever they're doing i think mm -hmm. all those were musicians weren't they or, or vocalists mm -hmm. and things yep. so they they're on this high when they're singing and there's no greater high being out there for a lot of people you know it's it's like for a moment you're on top of the world and so all these happy chemicals are just flying everywhere. They're dancing and singing. And it's re basically all four of these happy hormones are just on fire when someone's in that moment. And then, mm. then it's over and everything goes back to normal. And they're like, I want to feel that again. I need to keep yeah. feeling that, you know. And so they, they do almost anything. It's almost an addiction there, too. Yeah. But let's talk about uh, in the last few minutes here we've got going. Thank you for the comments, by the way. And uh -huh. people, I hope you remember those names and look up all that information uh, Nikki shared. I think we covered serotonin pretty well, unless you had a question about that. No, that, yeah, that one's great. Eat the right foods, heal your gut, and get yourself checked out. If you've got depression problems on medications, things like that, fecal matter, tested, enterococcus, and pseudomonas. Those two are the, are the important ones. Those, those are the ones you want a lot of because those two uh, interact with the enterochromaffin cells, probably is the, the right way to pronounce that. Those interact with the uh, enterococcus and the pseudomonas bacteria to create more serotonin. Okay, endorphins. Endorphins, 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 endorphins. 
they, uh, how many times can I say endorphins? Um, <laughs> those are so important and significant to us, and, and we're getting those every day. Number one thing you can do to boost your endorphins is to laugh. I recall from the uh, show or the movie, the book, The Secret, which talks about uh, how you achieve things in life, how you can accomplish your goals of just about anything you want if you just uh, believe it and you can make it happen and it can come from your, it all starts in your mind. But one of the women in there had cancer and she said one of the things that she focused on and she did nothing, she had no chemotherapy, nothing else. She didn't even go out of her way, at least she didn't mention her diet, uh, but uh, she said that she just believed I'm, this is going to disappear. This, she envisioned herself, her body eating up the cancer inside of her. She, but the significant part of what we're talking about now is she, she watched funny movies all the time. She said she was constantly focused on seeing and reading humorous things and uh, felt that, that that was a big part of her healing process. And I, I can definitely say that I believe cancer, along with all the other illnesses out there, start with stress. And that stress affects the immune system, and the immune system decline then allows things like cancer to develop and causing mutations in your in your cells as they reproduce. So what she was doing, she was increasing those endorphin levels. She was just in the process she was following. She was reducing her inflammation with inside of her body. She was boosting her immune system. When these happy hormones are inside you, your immune system is boosted and improved. So you want to do things to boost these things and help them. So uh, endorphins laughing. Everyone will like this one. Eating dark chocolate boosts your endorphins. <laughs> now, I, I'm not necessarily in agreement. It says watching dramas on TV can boost your endorphins, but oftentimes if you're watching, it depends on the drama. I suppose if it's an action drama, you're going to get it also adrenaline releases. So, but if you're watching a it just a simple drama with not a huge amount of action in it. Those tend to bore me and I tend to fall asleep. Ingrid likes to watch those and I watch them with her so we can spend time together. But uh, anyway, that's supposed to induce your endorphin levels. What makes you cry, Nikki, when you're watching a movie? Um, it's usually like a tender moment between two characters. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And that hormone, that happy hormone is oxytocin. And oh. so... Uh, getting an oxytocin feeling from that. Do you ever watch a movie and feel more cuddly with your spouse? Well, we sit in different chairs, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, you need to get a couch. Sorry. You need to get a couch. You need that oxytocin boost. The, yeah. uh, we all need oxytocin. You're not getting enough oxytocin sitting in separate chairs. You're comfortable now. You're calm and you're comfortable because you're... Recliners, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. But uh, at least hold hands. Just holding hands will boost your oxytocin levels. Let's see, a little, any more on the endorphins? Oh, stretching. Getting up and stretching will increase your endorphin levels. So standing up, doing some stretching, that will increase your endorphin levels as well. So mild exercise and stretching will increase your endorphin levels. Heavy Extreme exercise uh, is not recommended uh, because then you kick in the adrenaline and mm -hmm. in some cases if you're too extreme you can kick in cortisol as well. Uh, mild exercise and stretching is, is, is always good. Uh, taking walks, those kinds of things. That's for the endorphins? That's for the endorphins. Let's talk a little bit about oxytocin since we mentioned it previously. Oxytocin is the love hormone, the mood boosting love hormone. So Physical touch can cause a, an oxytocin release. If you're touching someone you want to touch, <laughs> if you're or giving a hug to somebody, high fives, 
fist pumps, shaking hands, all those things actually increase oxytocin levels. You can increase them even more significantly, and this often has part to do to the reproductive process of, of all creatures on the earth, and that is that you're encouraged to along the process. So for instance, in, in a relationship where two people are, are getting physical with each other, the more physical they get, the more oxytocin is released. <laughs> And oh. so there's kind of why you keep going <laughs> and, <laughs> and why people get to, you know, uh, that's, that's why the parents uh, try to keep their kids from being alone too long because uh, it can lead to, to uh, new family members and uh, <laughs> un maybe not necessarily always wanted new family members. Yeah, they, early. Uh, but uh, sooner, sooner, coming sooner than expected. So anyway, the, the that's oxytocin. Uh, it's also released. Uh, you get some oxytocin release during massage. Again, you're being touched. Yoga, mm -hmm. yoga. They say doing yoga moves, uh, and that kind of um, that sounds more like endorphins as well. Uh, by the way, uh, I think I mentioned that before. Endorphins are released during a, a chiropractic adjustment. Uh, oh. as, as well as oxytocin, you're being touched. Interesting though, the research shows that if someone touches you that you don't like or don't want to, you, you know, to be touched by them, and some people don't like to be touched, mm -hmm. and I think their system or cycle of the, the happy hormones, especially oxytocin, is messed up. Something's happened, sometimes a stressor event occurred in their life that doesn't, now doesn't want anybody to touch them. It's, it's like the reverse is occurrence. They're not getting oxytocin. In fact, they're probably getting cortisol and adrenaline released during the touch because of a, a traumatic mm. event or something that must have happened when they were young or sometime in their life or a series of events, PTSD kind of kind of stuff, some of the yeah. certain percentages they don't want to be touched. People are in those situations, that's where they need the emotional therapy so they can restore that actual process of, of getting that oxytocin release when they're connected with other people. It, oxytocin doesn't exist on a useful level unless you're interacting with other human beings. There you go. Get out, interact, stop being cold and distant and, and smile at people and, and don't be afraid. I think people are always afraid that if they're too friendly to people, it just, just complicates their life any, even more, <laughs> which in some cases it is probably true. But anyway, don't stop doing that. It's important to your health and your well-being. Last of all, dopamine. Dr. Kell, can I ask you? Yeah. When you said what makes you cry, was that the oxytocin or the endorphins? Uh, the oxytocin. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, thank you. That would be more connected to that emotional response. Think about it. When you're getting intimate, you have a feeling of euphoria almost, right? Mm -hmm. And crying can have that euphoric effect, although some people, it, yeah, it, it actually can be different depending on, you know, actors use, they say, think of an event, a sad event or whatever it might have been that caused you to cry. Do you do that to cry? Can you just make yourself cry without thinking anything? I haven't really been on set to where I had to cry, but yeah, like in class, yeah, you just kind of put yourself in a sad situation. You think of something. Yeah. So, but you cry for different reasons. Some people cry because they're really, really happy. Uh -huh. They're just on this happy high and whatever that experience might, you know, the birth of a baby or whatever it might be. Yeah, I would say crying more on the on the happy side would be related to the oxytocin. If you're thinking about a sad event, which makes you emotional, again, you're kind of on the edge of your hormones feeling that you're, you're really kind of getting a, a, a pull down um, of, of emotions. You tend to feel, what do you feel when you feel sad? What do you mean? 
What's going on inside you? What are the sensations? I don't know. What is going on inside when you're sad? Well, I, th I think when I feel sad, I tend to feel it in my chest, in my stomach. If I'm really sad or feeling sorrow, kind of almost can be achy inside. Um, yeah, that's if, true. Like a heart ache, like your heart hurts. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Yeah. Like a heaviness in your chest. Yeah. Heaviness. Yeah. That's a depressive in nature. So actually these happy hormones are all shut off at that point, mm -hmm. um, typically in a moment of sadness. That's why if you recognize you're sad, go follow your routine in ringing up your happy hormone levels. For a walk or watch something that's yes. funny. Last but not least, uh, and I think we've mentioned a little bit about dopamine, but dopamine is also known as epinephrine, though if you look at the chemical compounds as it changes its form. But the simple purpose of that, it, it was created in the adrenal glands. A dopamine can be connected to sleep and quality sleep. Mm -hmm. You want a small amount of dopamine. Dopamine is tied to feeling accomplished. So setting goals and then accomplishing those goals releases dopamine. So it's recommended that as you... Uh, like you do daily tasks, right? I don't know. Do you make a task list when you begin yes. the day? Yes. Yeah, I do too. And a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. We recommend you do do a task list, especially if you're depressed. Create a task list, but your list should be covering everything from very short-term tasks to middle of the road all the way up to long-term tasks. But it's the daily tasks that you accomplish that release dopamine. So if you go through the day and you're at the end of the day and you're like sitting there going, I didn't get anything done today, you're not getting a dopamine release with that reaction. Okay? Mm. Those words don't bring on dopamine. What you need to do is you need to think, what did I get accomplished today? Did I, did I accomplish anything? Did I accomplish one thing today? What was that one thing? You know, and then, then be think positively about that one thing. I'm glad I got that done. That alone will help give you dopamine release. But you automatically get it if you go are working on something and you complete it, if you get that feeling of accomplishment, which you should, that's a release of dopamine. Some people are like, they can't enjoy that one little thing because they got so many things to do. They, they finish that one and they just go on to the next and they don't even think about it. Take it in. Stop for a moment. Take it mm -hmm. in. Appreciate the fact that you accomplished that, got it done, and now give that a moment. Give it a few seconds. Take a few deep breaths. Think about, hey, I'm glad I finished that, and then move on to the next thing. You'll be much happier if you do. And mm -hmm. you'll be more productive on the next task because you appreciated the last. Makes sense? That's, yeah, that's so true. I look on my planner and under each day I write down, you know, what I what's happening. And then if I went and did something or accomplished something, I write that down as well so I can look back at the end of the day and go, okay, I feel good about this, 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 this. I didn't get that done, so I move that to the next day. And, yeah, just kind of keep a tally. Yeah, and even suggest to have a, a, a little bullet journal or the place where you're writing those accomplishments write down the kinds of experiences you have that are positive as well in a journal i always recommend to people as especially if i'm talking to people about emotional problems they have is sit down think about what you've done in life that you feel good about an accomplishment you know everybody's accomplished something or done well at something or maybe got first place at something at some time or, or whatever it might might be they reached their goal that they had said at one time in their life in some way or another, they got people got to stop thinking about, well, comparing themselves to everyone else and just say, that's what I got done. Like you were saying about the guy in the race, maybe the guy that got last place is still happy because that was his fastest time ever. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you really got to have the right mindset 
based on your life and then come up with what those accomplishments are. And when you feel yourself in a depressed place, start read that list, go over that, think about it some more, spend a few minutes. Uh, that can be a part of meditation as well that you start out the day with, looking at things you've gotten accomplished in your life in the past and then starting the day that way can put, set you on a tone that uh, helps the happy hormones keep flowing and, and you actually getting a whole lot more done as that day goes by. Yeah. Starting new hobbies. And that can be part of the goals. That was the last one on the list I had. So there you go. Those are the four happy hormones. Does uh, dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins, and serotonin. You know, it was really funny, Dr. Kell. Last night, um, you said starting new hobbies. And I was just laughing to myself because last night I took like, I think it was six different shirts that didn't really work for myself or Kelsey and Breezy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to cut these up because I sometimes I follow this um, woman named Stasha Stovak or something like that. And she's has fashion school. And so she like changes her clothes and puts th different things together. <laughs> and it's really cool. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to cut these clothes because I like tank tops. I don't really like t-shirts as much because they hurt my shoulders. They just pull funny. So I was like, I'm going to cut this. And one of them was a class of 2023 and it said juniors on it because Kelsey graduates next year. So I was like, I'm going to cut this shorter for you. And I cut it off above the juniors, right? Mm -hmm. And it was pretty short. And I was like, okay, throw this on. And it ended up being really funny because it was too short, obviously. And it was too wide because it was a bigger shirt. But Breezy threw on the juniors, the bottom part. And we cut the back and made it into a skirt. And so she, like, it was just really funny and, like, like produced lots of laughs. And I was cutting off, like, the... Um, the neck part of the shirts and so breezy created like headbands and like she tied um these little pieces of cloth onto her earrings and she was just like being my my model for our our fashion that we were doing and it was so fun and so unexpected and um it just made us laugh and it was really hilarious and it was a great interaction between each of us because Kelsey was kind of like tired and exhausted and Breezy was like ready to go because she sleeps in pretty late and goes to bed pretty late. Actually, all of us do right now because of summertime and they're sure. doing summer classes, but it was such a great interaction and it was so fun. I feel so, happier just listening to the story, by the way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like the way Breezy just like. She was almost like like improving with it, like, and she yeah. was like recording videos and sending it to her friends, like <laughs> this like fashion model for my fashion school or something. And I was like, oh, this is just so fun. And now you know why it felt so fun, and and what happened in your system while all that fun was going on. You're releasing all these hormones, and you're all interacting. You're, you all four of those were were flowing yes. in your system at that time. You need to use that memory in the future. If it applies in a situation, you know, I find too, you know, you come up with a list of memories that you want to connect to if you're feeling down. We're recommending you do that. So if you make a list of those connections and then you can call upon them when you're feeling down, not everyone will apply to your given depressive situation or circumstance, but certain ones will connect better with others. Your story about uh, what you did with the girls may not work in every situation, but it may apply in the future to those kinds of events almost like maybe you're doing that another time and all of a sudden the kids are arguing about things or you are or, or not or you're feeling tension over things not working out well you can call back on that kind of a circumstance or memory to go hey you know kids you remember when you know you can yeah. you can even stop 
a negative event from occurring or break it apart in the middle of it. Uh, what if you're doing that? You're hanging out and you're you're doing something and maybe they've had a bad day or some other things have happened and, and now they're kind of argumentative or whatever. And, and you can just out of the blue bring up the story and totally change the future of that current <laughs> event. Because then all of a sudden you're talking about it. And, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, I remember. And then at some point you end that and then you go on and have a better time together. Yes, that's a really good point. Yeah, you definitely bring that up. And um, the next time I cut on the, the clothing, I'll have Breezy model. There you go. They, yeah. It's like dealing with little kids. You know, it took me a long time to really realize that kids don't need the, the hands-on punishment. What they need is their attention diverted to something else. And so mm -hmm. when there's a negative event or they're doing something you don't want them to, or if they're having a fit, crying, or getting angry, it's not that hard to change the event. It doesn't doesn't require punishment for their actions. They're just responding to the chemicals bringing on their anxiety in their brain. It causes the anger or frustration or whatever it is. But if you change their perception, have them looking at a new toy or begin playing another game or, or whatever it might be, getting them some food, all of a sudden the event stops and the all that ill feeling their feeling goes away why because now all of a sudden what you've done is kicked in the happy hormones the mood boosters and they've changed their perspective now the, the adrenaline and, and and oxytocin are subdued and they're being taken the hormone other good hormones are taking their place and and the kid feels good again and so do you because you're not hearing them scream yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you feel a lot better yes <laughs> So, thanks, Nikki, so much. That was a good one. Uh, hope yeah. people enjoy it. Uh, I feel happier just doing it. So, my oxytocin must be up along with everything else. How yeah. about you, Nikki? Yeah, that was just uh, uh, lots of really good information about um, the four different hormones and how they're affected. I didn't realize that, like, endorphins are boosted by laughing. I didn't know oxytocin was... You know, more like the love hormone. Yes. Serotonin. I have heard a lot. Serotonin is often in the news connected to the gut. So that makes yes. total sense. I didn't realize that when I walk outside, that the time outdoors is that other 5%. And the vitamin D is serotonin, creates serotonin. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then like the task list, that makes sense because every night I'm always like, well, what did I do? And then you go to bed feeling a little better too, that you've checked off things. Um, yeah, we have we have an innate need as human beings to accomplish things, right? Yeah. There's even I was going to mention a story I forgot about it. There was one in one of the articles about monkeys and how a group of monkeys they discovered that uh, at least these certain type of monkeys they would uh, compete with each other. And I've and I've always thought, you know, I've always had an issue with competition, always feeling sometimes like the problem with competition is people have to, you know, somebody gets to be the winner and the rest are losers. And so you got a whole lot of people feeling crappy about themselves and one person feeling good about themselves. <laughs> and, of course, we've discussed today, maybe that's not always the case, depending on the perspective of those that didn't take first place. And mm -hmm. also the perspective of the one that takes first place may not always be what we assume. Okay, I guess we can finish. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was wonderful, Dr. Kell. Um, I'm always looking for ways to mo boost my mood because I'm very sensitive and affected by different things. My mood is often all over the place. And so this is very helpful. And just like, you know, learning about the foods 
that you you can eat to help with you know feeling better this is really helpful for your hormones learning yes. what to do let, let me in just one thing you want to feel better when you don't feel good do one of these four things or all four of them go hold someone's hand for a moment or something physical like that go outside and look at nature eat a piece of chocolate or go laugh at something or do light exercise to get those endorphins running and lastly make a goal and finish it complete a task and mm. a short one on a daily basis and helping you feel good about life those are simple things you can accomplish i mean i think everybody can eat chocolate uh but yeah <laughs> completing a task yeah, going outside become... is super simple and super helpful and yeah. Yeah, yeah if you have someone you can hold hands with or hug yeah. yeah now ladies don't go telling your husband that i said you could have a, a whole you know entire chocolate bar three times a day to uh, feel better. Yes, you did. You said we could. <laughs> so, anyway, there Excellent. you go. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Kell. That was um, a great class. Again, Professor Kell. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed it. Um, we look forward to seeing you again next week. Anything from you, Dr. Kell? Uh, no, just reminding people, if you have questions, just send it to our email. And uh, following the podcast, we list... Uh, information about our, our website sponsors and how you can email us etc wonderful thanks everyone bye-bye bye-bye for questions or comments please email us at healthtalkwithdrkell at gmail.com that's d-r-k-e-l-l at gmail.com you'll find the lowest prices on standard process whole food supplements at holistichealth.standardprocess.com as always, we recommend you seek nutritional advice from a qualified healthcare professional before starting a supplement program. And for natural and organic health and hygiene products, see our sponsor's website at oceanbaynaturals.com. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, 
podcast, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling. Thank you.